right with the universe once again. Oh, thank goodness. Miguel Cabrera passed Eric Hosmer. That way I don't have to hear all these Detroit fans saying, But Mickey, Mickey's not in a starting lineup. You sound like All uh, that matters is hitting. Uh, hitting. Fielding doesn't matter. At first base, 90% of what matters is hitting. What are you talking <laughs> about? Mickey. Why is, why is Homer Simpson so upset about Mickey. this? Ah, oh, thank God I don't have to hear those guys. You guys whine anymore about it. I mean, whining. I think that the entire nation realized that there was a travesty of uh, justice about to happen. Hold on, Ray. Here's what happened. Eric Hosmer had like a four hundred thousand vote lead. Yes. And then one week later, he's down by one point three million. Because the there entire- was clearly some shady stuff going on. <laughs> to quote you from last week, there no. was some shady. <laughs> last week, Eric Hosmer went up by. 400,000, you said it was shady. Oh, 1.3 million. That's not shady. I guess it's not possible that some Detroit guy's on the computer with his programming. Let me just tell you right now. You don't go from 400,000 down to 1.3 million up. Without no. shadiness. You're correct, Ray. No, you don't do yeah. that without an entire that's, nation just, on your side. I just, I just think that's hilarious. You don't, well, I can say the same thing. You don't get eight guys in the starting lineup without the entire nation on your side. No, yes, you do. Yeah. You, you do if you start that way and nobody else is paying attention. Okay, and then the stories okay, start coming out. Oh, yes. please, tell so me right now. conspiracy theorist when it's Kansas City, but when it's your guy, oh, it's, it's normal. Nothing to see here. It is normal that Get the best player in baseball, the best hitter best of our generation, okay, the, yeah, makes the all-star team. Yes, that is best, normal. Back up and say the best hitter, yes. He is the Not best the best player. He's the, the best, best of the hitter. best player. He's the best uh, You hitter. could argue the last year or two Mike well, Trout was the best player. Yeah, you just said that first base off air. You just said first base not that important. It's not that hard to catch. Do you want me the to ball. explain this for the listeners at home? There are certain positions on a baseball field where you hope that you, your yeah. guys hit well, therefore, and then there are some positions where you're more correct. expecting them to field well. Right. First base is a hitter's position. Okay, so therefore, he's not the best player. He's the best hitter. He's the best player. You just said Mike Trout was, and now you're backing down on that. No, you I mean if, at, at first base. That's what I thought we were talking about. Don't you try to be with your word hit- games? He's the best hitter at first base. He's the best player at first base. Well, he but total package. Hitting, but you'd rather have Miguel Cabrera hitting, on your team than any but other if first base. Think baseman. about it, Ray. Hitting has nothing to do with where you play in the field, right? So you're just going to say he's the best player everywhere. He's the best catcher. He's no, the best. he's the best first baseman in the league. Mm. You could argue that but pound for pound baseman, overall, but Mike Trout first is better. base has nothing to do with hitting. He's the best first baseman player at that. What he are you could, doing right now? I'm saying he you could, are playing dumb could, word no, games. I'm saying he could be hitting from any position and be the same hitter. Yes, but he'd be, he, would be a t- he would be a bad center fielder. He's a bad first baseman. He's a good, he's a decent enough first baseman. He's a decent enough first, so that makes you the, so the position is called first baseman, and when he's playing at first, he's below average, so that makes him the best first I'd baseman? I'd say he's average defensively, okay, so he's and he's average. number one offensively. So Mike Trout is one of the probably top five center fielders and one of the top five hitters, so he's probably the best player overall. That's what I would say. Isn't that what I just said? No, you said Miggy was the best player. I said he was the best player at that position. <laughs> what is wrong with I'm you? I'm saying the best player. The best player overall, I think, uh, two, three years. You just said a minute ago that Miguel Cabrera was the best player overall also. At first base. No, you said he was the, he's best the best player. And he's the best hitter. Is what I said. Mm, That's what you got all your panties know, in a Ray. bunch about. My panties aren't in a bunch. I'm just, I'm just laughing because you guys are all like, "Oh, Miggy! No, the world is right. Miggy's in the starting line." That uh, is correct. Good for you. Now, actually, the American <laughs> League has a chance. So when the Tigers go there, the Royals aren't ruining it for us. I can't wait for Miguel Cabrera to miss a couple plays at first base and they lose because of that. What in the All Star game? Yeah, very unlikely. <laughs> That's super unlikely. Well, yeah, because if he starts, he's just going to play the first inning. Then they'll put the real the. Actually, then they'll put all the other then Royals put the gloves in. in. Then Thanks. they'll put the gloves in. Thanks, Thanks. Ned Yost. <laughs> you did it. 
Oh my goodness. No, but I would say right now, about three, two, three years ago, you could easily say for a period of a few years, Miguel Cabrera was the best player in baseball when he's winning the Triple Crown. But and also when he was, years ago, he was still playing third base, was he not? Yeah, he was more valuable he was a, he as a third baseman. He was a below-average third baseman. He was, an, he was a below-average fielder, but you could say that as, uh, he had a great value is, coming out of that third position. Third base is the hot corner, Ray. Third base is also a place you're looking for offense. Okay. Just like it's shortstop, second base, and center field, you're kind of hoping for defense, and whatever they give you offensively, you're happy about. Whereas left field, right field, and the corners, that's where your offensive players are coming from, generally speaking. Third base is the hot corner. You have to be a good fielder there, too. You're going to get pummeled if you have a bad third well, Miguel base. never got pummeled. He got pummeled. That's why he moved him to first base. They moved him to first base because, uh, you know. He wasn't know, good enough for third base. They moved him to first base. They had a better fielding third baseman, and they decided to put him at Nick first base. Nick Castellano? Who's about to get sent down to the minors. Yeah, so thank you. Okay, well, that makes a lot of and sense. And you know why you he's said. getting sent down to the minors? It's not because of his uh, fielding. <laughs> If fielding's so important, why are they setting him down? Well, it's because he can't hit or field. Yes, he can't hit. hit or field. He feels okay. He feels okay. You said Miggy was okay, so why switch him out then? Well, Miggy's was getting progressively worse as the years Mm, were going on. Sounds like a lot of slippery slope backtracking. Ray, where are you going? You're backtracking away from me. I can't hear you. This is you right now, 20 years uh, from now. Oh, Mike Trout, how could you ever say he was the best player in baseball? He's not good now that he's 46 years old and not playing for five so, years. Oh, so I, I, oh I I, I'm Brent. I guess, I guess I forgot the time when Miguel Cabrera was winning uh, triple crowns and gold gloves at the same time. Well, you can't because uh, those are rigged. And I, Miguel Cabrera might have actually won a gold oh, glove at some you're point. You're right. Triple crowns are rigged, just like you just said. Uh, no, gold, yeah. <laughs> gold gloves typically go to offensive players unless there's a huge standout at the position defensively. Okay, so um, Eric Hosmer won it the last two years, so he must be an offensive player. No. Well, well that's what you just he said. He plays offense. That's but what you just said, Ray. I said typically if it's even, they, they give it to a better offensive player. You did, that's not what you said. That's exactly what I was no, meaning. No, you didn't say. You're changing it now. You're modifying it now. I'm now saying what I'm saying. wrong. I'm saying words. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Words that have meanings. I've, I've, I'm done with you. <laughs> you're done with me? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're only going to get seven Royals starting in the All-Star game oh, I'm not, instead of I'm, all eight. I'm not worried about it. I, I'm actually Lord. happy because that kind of shows that like, if there was something shady with the voting going on, the Royals, whoever is doing it on the computer, would have just ramped it up to still beat McGregor. Well, they've already got all their 35 votes each in for each of their 100 email addresses. Now, when the rest of oh, the country saying- sees, when the rest of the country started reading articles online mm-hmm. and, and getting passed so- on Facebook that there was something shady happening, the country stood up to terrorists, and we said, get your terrorism out of here, Kansas you just, City. You just said two different things again. You said, one, I guess everyone in Kansas City already voted 35 times. Well, that's legal. And then you said, but now everyone realized it's shady. Well, it's not shady if you're just voting the number of times you're allowed. Uh, it's super shady. And I also said that they probably have multiple email addresses, so each person was oh, being no. shady. But, uh, yeah, because the tech-savvy Kansas City community, clear. it's just like Silicon Valley. There's tons of hackers yes. and people with multiple addresses. And people leaving giant sound, bottles of tequila not, on the ne- delete key. You've never sounded sillier than... have You You obviously haven't even voted, because you can't sit there and you have to type in a, a code every time you vote. I save my, I save my vote until the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you're talking about something that you haven't done. That's great. I don't Let's need also to. have a discussion. Mickey's up 1.3 million votes. Let's also uh, not not vote for president and then t- and then have a discussion about the presidency. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. After three sec. No, wait. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Brent is wrong mm, about no. pretty much everything, and I'm Incorrect. talking him in pretzels right oh, now. Yeah, yeah, you are. You're getting destroyed, son. Don't don't mistake volume destroyed, for content. Son! Don't mistake volume for content, bro. Yeah, correct. Your volume is louder than my volume. You're correct. You can shout my me down as much is... as you want, sir. Well, <laughs> I'm correct. Everybody in this case. sees the reality of what I'm saying. They see. What do they see? We're on. We're over. We're on. They're looking at their it's phone. Audio, right? They're looking at the Jordan Monsell drawn uh-huh. picture of our logo, and they see me winning an argument. Mm, no, 
I don't think so. <laughs> but this is a very exciting uh, moment. You know why, Brian? Hey, you know what? I love your Facebook profile picture. I've loved her for the past week. Speaking I'll be changing of winning. it as soon as I get home Speaking because it's winning. been a week. Speaking of winning. <laughs> you want to talk about why I'm excited, Brent? Why? Because today is episode 99 of Raisin Brent, and you weren't with me. You were supposed to. You looked right at me. Well, I was going to see if you could win that argument of saying the thing all by yourself, like you said you did earlier. I guess I did. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm the only one that said it. And I'm Brent. <laughs> really? Is that how we're doing this <laughs> That's today? That's right. That's correct. You are wound up today. My goodness. Usually <laughs> usually you're, you're, you're knee-deep in Facebook. Not even listening when I'm talking. Here you you've got you've got stuff to talk about. I'm just talking you're about what fired I'm just, up I'm just, today. I'm just, I'm just debasing everything you've been saying for the last month. That's all. Well, to be fair though, I'm being shown to be correct because no, Miguel Cabrera is the now you the actually leader. Are not. You you were saying that it was shady. It was that, and still that is. Somehow the Royals were manipulating the votes. You were you weren't you said it was something like that they were cheating online. If yes. they were cheating, then Miguel Cabrera would not be up by 1.3 million. Right Again, now. a nation came together. When it mattered so the most. So what? If, if you're cheating, you could put as many votes in as you want, right? Not against an entire nation. Yeah, united. Can... It's like the Civil War. We united Salvador, the people. Salvador Perez has over 10 million votes. So if they were cheating on the computer, the Royals could have just put 10 million votes up for Eric Hosmer, and he'd still be ahead of Miggy by 600,000. So obviously that wasn't the case. Thank you, Ray. Thank you for proving me right. Yeah, but Sal- again. Salvador Perez should be an all-star. <laughs> Well, that's true. I'll start there. He's the he's like the one I don't. Him and Kendrick You're Morales saying something are the only nice. two I have anything nice You're to say about. You're saying something nice about. Well, uh, even Kendrick Morales, wouldn't you say that Nelson Cruz probably still belongs up there instead of Kendrick Morales? Nelson Cruz hadn't won me no fantasy games this year, sir. Uh, that's true. But Nelson Cruz is hitting some bombs. Yeah, he's good. I mean, Although their team is terrible. He'll be on the team. Their team is terrible. They're pretty bad. Who knew the Mariners would be bad this year? In any case, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about this week. You know what? Uh, game of Thrones is over. We've got to talk about some true detective. Yeah. Episode one was last night. Mixed, back. Mixed reviews it's on uh, episode one. It's back with Riley Smith. Well, I did enjoy the Riley Smith. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about maybe some golf, some Pete Rose. This is kind of like now that NBA and uh, NHL seasons are over. Not that we talked a lot of NHL. We're talking some golf? We'll have to talk a little did bit I, of golf. Did, I t- did you see my picture on Facebook yesterday? Uh, I did not. <sighs> I played golf for the first time in at least five years yesterday. Check that. I did see that yeah. picture of you on the golf course. Okay. Yeah. One foot from a hole-in-one. Closest I've ever gotten to a hole-in-one. Wow. That counts Power Star Golf for the Xbox One. No, no, no. I'm talking about real golf in real life. No, I know, but huh? I lump them all together. It's the same experience. Oh, I got a hole-in-one I got a hole in one of Power Star Golf. Oh. Yeah, on the Xbox I, One. I didn't. Yeah. So let's come back and talk about a topic after three seconds of... Millie Vanilli. I am just super pleased that mm-hmm. it's finally a week has passed since the I last episode. I bet you episode. are, right? Why? I don't understand why. <sighs> you have your Facebook uh, and Twitter pictures have never looked better. Never. Would you like to tell the listeners out there? I mean, I know we talked about it last week. You want to mention it again? What my uh, pictures are that I love so much? Well, apparently Ray is a big Air Cosmer fan, even though he was like, I guess he's a closet Air Cosmer fan because he was just talking about how much he's not good, and then was. And then, but yet on your on your Facebook, you made an internet meme. <laughs> I made a meme of Eric Cosmer, yeah. and it says, "Miggy, I'm your daddy." And I thought it was. I was like, I just thought, I didn't laugh because I was like, "Oh, that's true. That's just true." <laughs> Obviously, goodness. because since Kansas City went to the World Series last year and Detroit didn't win a game in the playoffs, clearly Hosmer is Miggy's daddy. Despite uh, the fact they didn't play each other in the playoffs at all, so it really has by nothing proxy, to do with each other. By proxy, we did. By proxy, we beat the we swept the team that you got swept by. So by proxy, we did. Counts. 
counts, I guess. And then you have like a huge. It's like, I mean, it's a beautiful color, blue, just like flames, blue like methane flames surrounding the Royals logo. If you want to be a Royals fan, Ray, just do it. There's no sense. I mean, I don't know why you torture yourself. Those pictures will be changed tonight, as that one week will have passed since I put them up. If you listen to this show, you know exactly why those... I don't know why you're playing coy. Because Ray loves the Royals. I might not be allowed to talk about it out on Facebook and explain why things are happening, <laughs> but we are on the show where that bet happened. I don't know what you're talking about. I believe you oh did it of your goodness. free... Look, you still owe me a week of my choosing of pictures. <laughs> so I will be giving you one tonight. Oh, my goodness. I forgot to do it last week. That's no, I just uh, changed it to Royals gear on my own that's volition. That's correct. That's my bad. I will give you a, a new one to, uh, you know, probably some, a picture of the Westboro Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, let me say right now, you, are, sir, are a well, liar. What would, you <laughs> rather, what would you rather have on there? The, the Royals or <laughs> Westboro Baptist Church? Boy, that's a tough one. <laughs> You know, we bantied uh, about is, answer is the Royals. We bantied about so you're both, welcome. both choices. I think there were some WBC like generic pictures that we maybe could have done that would have made me feel better than that Miggy uh, meme. <laughs> but well, for the most part, I'd meme? say why are you so self-loathing? An average Royals picture I would probably take over an average Westboro Baptist Church picture. Correct. So you heard it right here. The Royals are better than the Westboro, Westboro Baptist, Baptist Church, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. As I just said, you're a liar. And you know who else is a liar, Brent? <laughs> Pete Rose. Oh, Pete Rose is a total liar. Pete Rose. How about? Did you even realize it had been over 10 years since he admitted that he betted on baseball? Mm-hmm. Over 10 years. It was like 2003 or 2004. I thought, it was, I thought, I thought it, was it was only like five years ago. I thought it was like 15, 20 years. To recap for you youngster, you millennial types who listen to podcasts out there, Pete Rose was a monster baseball player back in the 70s and 80s. He uh, leads the league in hits. In 1980, he cheated uh, when they won the World Series. Um, it could be argued, but it would be a lie. No, they cheated against the Royals. But uh, other than that, he was good. You know what? I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete Rosewood, because he got in trouble after in 86 to 89, he was the player manager. Imagine that, Brent. Imagine that world. He was a player and a manager. Yeah, that hasn't happened for a while. I don't know if it's happened. He's got to be the last one, right? There may be a... It used there to might be have been once more then. of a thing. Like maybe more of an interim one, maybe. That might have happened sometime. You can't really... Player manager, that's sort of like being the lead actor and also directing the stage play. Like, you know, you can't really do anything about yourself. What are you going to do? Like, bench yourself for having a, being in a slump? Well, I don't know. I see so. conflict of interest all over the place right there. You'd hope so. But Pete Rose bet on baseball, kiddies. Uh, he claims he only did it as a manager. And for the long, he got banned from baseball back in 1989. And for the longest time, including then, up until he admitted it last decade, he was adamant. He was screaming from the high to the high heavens off every balcony he could find that he never bet on baseball. I never bet on baseball. And then he had a book to sell, and so he went on TV and said, yeah, I did, but so what? Yeah. And in doing it, he said the thing everybody had just wished he'd said forever, and yet nobody was still happy about it. And then he said, but I only bet when I was a manager. Now, new report coming out. He also said, I never bet against my own team. Uh, there's still no proof of that. No. But you know, but but now that can, we found, now can we believe anything? He no, said. he said I never did it as a player. Well, report just came out, folks. He did do it as a player. He did it as a player when he was a player manager from '86 to '89. They found all the betting slips. No evidence he bet against the Reds, though. So at least there's that. But he's he's been a sympathetic figure in all these years, and I've never understood why well, he accepted is- a lifetime ban. So so he, so he came out and like halfway said that he did it. He did it as a manager, not as a player. 
which is a major then, step forward. I can point that well, out. Well, it's a major step forward, except it's not because he's still lying. He's still lying about it. And now he's and now all of a sudden his story changes to, oh yeah, well I, I did do it as a player as well, but just just in the times where you found the betting slips for. Just when I thought the spread was unbelievable. <laughs> but like literally, he's like, oh yeah, what what are all the games that you um have betting slits for? That's those the only those ones. are the only ones. That's the only ones. <laughs> Let me just say for the record, all the proof. Okay, that happened. But anything you don't have proof for, still deny. It's like Pete. For God's sakes, they're not going to reinstate you at this point, right? They can't. Have, they have, he when he dies, God bless it. When Pete Rose passes away, he will be in the Hall of Fame with a huge like asterisk next to his name. He signed a lifetime ban. Honor that bleep. If you didn't like it, don't sign Sign a 40-year ban, 50-year ban. Don't sign a lifetime ban and then immediately say you still didn't do it and then try to get back into the good graces. Here's what I think. I think that not only should Pete Rose be allowed to come back and coach. He should hey, coach? Be, he should be allowed to come back and be a player manager again. <laughs> and here's why, Ray. Tell me why, Brent, because I'd love to hear. He was player manager from 1984 to 1986, and you know what that means for our two teams. When he's the player manager, our two teams win World Series! Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. Bring back, Pete. Bring I, you know, him back. I've changed all my opinions on this topic immediately. <laughs> also, um, the New York Mets would probably want him back then as well. Uh, was that 86? That was 86. There you the go. The Miracle Mets team. Yeah, there you go. 84, 85, 86. The Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry team that beat. That's the Buckner year. Yeah. 1986. So uh, Pete Bring Rose. him back. Bring him back. But seriously, is there any way he comes back at this point? No way. Not now. He can't dodge that. That's like when he was almost getting ready to get back in, then they find out that he lied and did bet as a player. No way. Because there was like a few years ago, there was definitely like a swear, a swirling of the winds saying that maybe they will let him back in again. Well, yeah, but that was when they thought he just did it as a manager and right? not as a player. Which still... Why sign a lifetime ban if you're immediately going to say, well, I don't even know why I signed that. I didn't do it, and I want to be back tomorrow. Like, he's been fighting this thing since day one. So I'm looking online. I don't see anything, anyone after Pete Rose that was a, that was a player manager, as far as I can find online. I'm sure player. if you go back to the heyday, you know, the classic era, the pre-glove era, oh, all there that, were a lot. No, I'm sure there were a ton of them. There's a ton of them. Oh, you mean there have been none since him? There's been none since him. Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. And I remember that a 1986 baseball card of Pete Rose, and it said uh, first base slash manager. I thought there might have been some time where, like, at the end of the year, someone got fired, and they made someone a player manager towards the end of the year. But they, they've thought about it a couple times. Like, Canerco, they thought about doing it with. Really? Um, who was it? Molitor, I think they thought Paul doing Molitor? it with at, at the end of the, his career. Uh, but they didn't do it. So. so what I hear you saying is, in our lifetime, 100% of all player managers have bet on baseball. Yes, correct. I think that counts, everybody. Yeah, I don't think there was any other one during the 70s or 80s either. Most of them were like in the 30s and 40s and yeah. 1800s. And the Babe Ruth eras. You know, Charles Comiskey. Huh? Did he play? Comiskey Park. First baseman. Yeah, okay. So I was just reading an article here right before we started recording about a bunch of Ohio legislatures were trying to like draft documents to like throw support for Pete Rose's reinstatement and try to like use the legal process to reinstate Pete Rose. Guess who isn't doing that anymore? <laughs> They're done, everybody. When when corrupt Ohio officials are also not on your side, Pete Rose, it's time to just open the bag, dump all the contents out on the table in front of you, and throw yourself on the mercy of this life, right? Hey, okay. Why so is he fighting anymore? He's, he's, he's done now. Yeah. He, I can't believe that he came part of the – he might as well just said, I did it as a player and as a coach, because if he gets caught again, there's no way – 
they're going to let him back in because he's already burned them once, and now he's burning them again. And Yeah, and the, and the fact that his go-to line right now is all the stuff you like – I'll say it again. I'll restate myself. Everything you have proof for happened. Anything you don't have proof for, I still deny. Pete, at this point – just come out and just say, you know what? Admit to 10 things you didn't do. Admit to stealing the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> Admit to being the one who canceled Firefly. Just put it all out there because the world is against you at this point, and you will always have your fans. You will always have your supporters. But at this point, the public opinion has got to be locked for good, right? Oh, yeah. Although, who knows? Maybe some people are like, well, we can bet it's legal. It's not illegal to bet. <laughs> Except it's in all their contracts not to do it. So legality aside... Yeah, but that's the same thing as people saying, they don't, it's not part of their job to do press conference after the game. Yes, it is. It's literally written in their contract. It saying, is part of their that's job. That's what I'm saying, but people still argue oh, it, even saying, though it is. What you're people saying, are stupid. So you're using a bad argument to make a point that people make bad arguments. I'm not using a bad argument. I'm <laughs> okay. saying that people faced with facts still deny it right in the face of the facts wait a minute you're telling me there's people in this world brent who have all the facts laid out for them right in their face and then they still deny it they're called jurors ray oh interesting interesting hey so uh i find four detroit tigers player managers here okay how many of them can you name how many player managers could I name? Yeah. Can you give me like a time frame of like oh boy years uh, 1920s yeah 1930s. okay 1930s one was eighteen hundred something. Uh, I'm gonna say right now, Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, correct. Hank Greenberg. Uh, let me see, Hank Greenberg. No. And here's the deal: when I was about between the ages of say eight and thirteen, I could have probably told you every tiger in order. <laughs> and now I'm old and and disheveled, and I can't do it anymore. Fred Hutchinson. Oh, in the fifties, Fred Hutchinson. Well, of course, we all know Fred Hutchinson, right? Tigers fans. And early nineteen hundreds, Huey Jennings. If you say so. Yeah. So, anyway. I have a question for you, baseball question. Do you know who the Royals' all-time leading manager, most wins for a manager is? Kaufman. Uh, He was the owner of the team. Oh. Was he an owner-manager? No. Oh, that's illegal. Uh, Who was it? I'll give you. Uh, so you had Dick Hauser, that won the World Series. You had Whitey Whitey Herzog, who also won the World Series with them. I remember him as more St. Louis manager. Uh, The real team in Missouri. Tony Muser. I don't know who any of those people are. uh, Ned Yost. I'm aware of Ned Yost. Mm-hmm. It's Ned Yost. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so, he and you passed, want and he, you want to fire him? No, not anymore. He went oh. to the World Series. There you go. You wanted He's to fire him. You wanted to fire him during the World Series. What are well, you talking about? What I underestimated about uh, Ned Yost is the clubhouse. The clubhouse that he keeps is very good. Yes. I still don't think he's a great tactical manager. What you're saying is he's an atmosphere guy, not an X's and O's guy. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's get back here. We're going to talk a little bit more about something else after three seconds of Cindy Lauper. But I see your true colors shining through. I see your true Congratulations to Justin Spieth, second major. This kid is coming on in a hard way. Yeah. I would also like to graduate. Yeah, I would graduate. I'd like to graduate. I'd like it if you graduated, too, to Yay. rational thought. I would like to congratulate me for almost hitting a hole-in-one at the Swingers Golf Course yesterday. I think you already mentioned this. Yeah, well, I just thought I think it's worth mentioning again. I mean, I was watching those guys duff their way and hack their way around that golf course, and only Justin Spieth was able to... He, but he won because the dude choked at the end. Well, fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, hey, Justin Spieth a year ago, remember, at the Masters, he choked it away at the end, and then he said, I learned my lesson, came back and won the tournament the very next year. Why are we talking about golf? Because Tiger Woods. 
<sighs> Tiger Woods is in the news, Brent. Can't we talk about feather bowling instead? As much as I'd like to. I'd like to talk more about like, Swingers Golf Club. Feather bowling is, is, the, that? is, the, is the lead story on ESPN.com right now. Feather bowling. That's disappointing. Bad job, ESPN. Bad job, ESPN. Uh, or amazing job. I will not talk about feather bowling anymore. But I will talk about Tiger Woods because uh, people love Tiger Woods. If we put Tiger Woods' name in the description of the topics of this episode, guaranteed double the people listen. So it's like regular bowling. Jeez. What are you doing? <laughs> but with feathers. Stop it. You know the story I'm talking about. Tiger Woods at the U.S. Open had his worst ever opening round. What did he finish? 10 over par? Yeah. He did not make the cut. But more notable in comparison is the fact that a 15-year-old dude finished three shots better than Tiger Woods after day one of the uh, tournament. Sure. He lost to a 15-year-old. This is the end for Tiger Woods. Am I right? No, not necessarily. I mean, he might come back. You said it yourself, Ray. Like, guys have a spike in their early 40s. He's not even 40 yet. Well, I didn't say that on the air, so would you like to uh, <laughs> talk well, more about that? Well, you were talking about how, like, guys still have a spike in their 40s. They're not done. He's almost 40. I was reading an article the other day, and that said that a, a whole lot of golfers in their early, mid-40s uh, all of a sudden come from nowhere to win a major, mainly because they realize that their chain is almost done. Their years are almost behind them, and they have to make like work real hard to get that one big win before the end of their career. I, I just think it's because you know golf is a weird sport, and sometimes the ball bounces your way. You know, the ball bounces. I your wouldn't way know that. I'm a lucky, terrible golfer. Okay, well, you get a lucky bounce every once in a while. I got an unlucky bounce yesterday. Should have had a hole in one. I don't know if I mentioned <laughs> that. You did mention that. I still sunk the birdie, Ray. Well, you know, I hope so. <laughs> you don't get that far and go bogey. Uh, yeah, a foot be, away from the pin. Terrible. But more importantly, if you're a 15-year-old dude right now, you're just some kid who just happens to like playing golf, you just went to a major tournament and beat Tiger Woods, who your, your entire life, your entire life of 15 years has been spent thinking that Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer in the history of golf. And you just went and handed his butt to him. The kid's name is Cole Hammer. Cole Hammer. That's an amazing name. Do you think he's going to pull LeBron and be like, start calling me King Cole? King Hammer? Hammer time. I, I don't know. I see on here that Cole Hammer shot a 161 and Tiger shot a 156. So, so he had a bad second day. Do you, do you not remember the first Rocky it's movie? It's a tournament, Ray. Do you like, remember the first Rocky movie? Rocky lost. So what? And then he came back and won the second round, but nobody cares because after the first movie, Rocky lost. Thank you. Thank you. No, that wasn't a boxing tournament, Ray. That was one boxing It was match. a boxing tournament. If it is, if you, encounter, if you consider an entire career to be a tournament, you yeah, end as the I, champ I and then you quit. You don't think this story has any merit at all? No, because Cole Hammer, Cole Hammer only beat two people in the whole field, and one of them wasn't Tiger Woods. Don't care. The fact that he went out for one round of golf and beat Tiger Woods. Anybody, anybody could beat somebody in one round of golf. I couldn't beat Tiger I Woods in one round of golf. Play, I went out you play, couldn't beat Tiger uh, Woods in well, one round I of went golf. Out and, I've never played golf like in high school. I've never had golf lessons. Yes. And I went out and played my friend who played golf since he's five years old. And all the way through high school, and I beat him once in a round of golf. So it's, but does that mean I'm a better golfer than him? No, that's not embarrassing. At all. It is embarrassing. Your friend should have just quit the hobby right there. Well, he should have rage quit. But that's my point. Throw though. your clubs in the lake. It's, it's a weird game, and sometimes the ball bounces in a strange way, and you get like you it bounces into the drink twice, then all of a sudden you got two extra strokes, four extra strokes because you got to start back where you I mean it's, it's not a big deal. If he had beat him for all, entire four rounds, that's impressive. Well, they weren't neither one of them was going to uh, make it for a full four yeah, well, rounds. Well, he didn't even it wasn't even close. Tiger beat him by five strokes. Mm. And that's Tiger playing terrible. Still beat This kid needs to quit. 15 <laughs> years old. Try cross country. 
Thank you. Cole Hammer, no thank you. Hey, Cole Hammer, maybe consider hurdling. Yeah. I just... Since you couldn't clear the hurdle of Tiger Woods after the second round of the U.S. Open, burn. You had a three-shot lead on Tiger Woods, and you couldn't hold it? Mm. Weak Time to pick up a new... You didn't think we'd be bashing Cole Hammer, did you? You know what? <laughs> Anytime I get to rip on children, you know I'm going to take it. On that note, let's talk... Speaking of uh, children, let's talk about True Detective. After Good three se- seconds... Good yeah. segue, Ray. Good segue. Listen, you weren't helping. <laughs> well, you're the segue guy. And then literally, Ray rides one of those segways. Yeah, no, I rode here on a segway today. <laughs> it's one of those trike segways, though. It's not even two wheels. It's three. Yeah. I might fall off. Speaking of things that children ride, let's talk some True Detective. How? Segway. After three seconds of... Justin Timberlake. Her skin is white, so white. So with Game of Thrones and the Rearview Mirror behind us, we get three new shows on HBO for their Sunday night Sunday night lineup. So we have True Detective, which we're going to be talking about. That's the show we picked out in order to kind of follow through and talk about on a weekly basis because we love True Detective season one. But we've also got Ballers with The Rock. Dwayne Johnson is a fantastic television show hmm. from the makers of Entourage. Mm-hmm. And have you watched the new Jack Black, Tim Robbins one yet? Uh, was it called The Brink? No, I taped it. I have not watched it yet. Yeah, I'm going to watch it too. It looks fantastic. I have not had a chance to watch it as of this recording. By the time you hear this, I probably will have uh, heard it, seen it. Probably. So, but we're here to talk about True Detective right now, and it's gotten some pretty mixed reviews out there. People, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm going to say right now, I'm in a camp where definitely it didn't hit me the same way the first season of True Detective hit me, but you can't compare it. You can't, it's, it's a totally different entity. You have to take it on its own merits, and I believe we haven't even scratched the surface of what this True Detective season is going to be bringing us. You know what it reminds me of a lot? What's that? Uh, different characters, obviously, but there's some characters that are very similar, and it seems like it's going to be a similar type season, was The Bridge, season one of The Bridge. Oh, God. No, because I want to watch this. No, but the, you had the whole, you had the whole, uh, you had the Mexican cop from Chihuahua, right? That was, like, working with the bad guy, yeah. yet also trying to be a good guy at the same time, kind of, and that's Colin Farrell. And you've got the straight bad guy, that's... Vince Vaughn. See, I don't see it the same way you see it. I think this is where we can maybe have a discussion about this. He's clearly the bad guy of the show. He's cl- No, and I'll say this before. He's clearly a bad guy. I don't know that he's the bad guy. I think that all four of them in their own ways are bad people. Well, These are bad guys. He's the bad guy we're following around. Yeah, we're following him around, which means he, to me he's on par with a motorcycle cop and Rachel okay, McAdams so and Colin Farrell. I guess you've never seen any show called like The Wire. They do that all the time. They follow the bad guys and they follow the good guys on right. shows now, right? Doesn't, but, mean they're the, doesn't mean they're the protagonists. But that or the makes them all narrative equals, is my point. Well, they're narrative equals, but. Which makes them all protagonists. The ones that you're cheering for are the antagonists, and the ones you're cheering against are the antagonists. This is my biggest problem I had with the episode one. I'm not cheering for a single one of those people. There are four main characters, and they're all messed up. Well, they're all messed up to some extent. Like It's like the anti heroes, so there's no real protagonists. They're antagonists, because we're not cheering for them. You need, you need a cheering point, is my point. This is an old wrestling axiom, is that you can run good guy versus good guy and have a good match. Good guy versus bad guy is a good match. Bad guy versus bad guy, nobody watches. Who are you cheering for in Breaking Bad? Because Walter White got really bad at the end, so you're still cheering for him? Um, I'll be honest, I was cheering for redemption. Hmm. Well, I don't that's f- not one of the characters. I was cheering for, well, actually, I was cheering for um, Jesse. <laughs> I was cheering for Jesse to escape <laughs> and be free and drive off while shouting. I was cheering for Jesse to get his... Head chopped off, as he should have been. Wow. Don't you cross Heisenberg. 
Well, this is like the big narrative thing because we, we basically we, we we learn about all four of our main characters. So we have um, Colin Farrell, who's a huge alcoholic cop who apparently like bad things happened to his wife mm-hmm. and a child was born as a result of those things, which he absolutely knows is not his. Although he's doing his best, even though he's estranged from his family, to be some kind of a dad in this kid's life. So, I mean, he's got some redeemable quality there, except for the part where he calls his kid like a P5 right in his face and calls him fat. Like, and, and so it's like the one redeeming characteristic in episode one they've taken away from him. So he's the good guy. Rachel right, McAdams is another cop. Except for the fact that she's overprotective of her sister and worried about her sister. Again, a positive quality. Except for the fact that she takes it, gets an entire team together, almost gets people killed, innocent or on her own team. So that way she can bust out her sister from this webcam thing, which isn't breaking any laws and really isn't that bad. Okay, but... So they take a good quality and turn it bad. But her character, she did some bad things. Yes. She's also dating Riley Smith's character. Friend of the show, that Riley Smith. That makes her Smith. good. That makes her the best. Uh, that made no. Here's the deal. That makes Riley Smith the best. Um, yeah. He was only in one scene in well, that entire episode, but I'll say right now, it's probably the one I remembered the most outside of them I, finding the corpse. Look, I just hope that Riley Smith, you know, has a little bit more to do on the episode. I just appreciate anything he's in anyway. Um, but definitely, I'd like to see what his character like because he wants a relationship with Rachel McAdams, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "No, I am not interested in that even a little bit." He's like, "Look at me, I'm freaking Riley Smith. You're going to say no to me?" And she's like, "Somehow," and then puts her pants on and leaves. Yeah. So again, we have a character with like kind of a redeemable quality, but then they turn it bad. You have Vince Vaughn, who we know is a bad guy, although we haven't really seen him do anything bad so far, right? He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. He's a bad guy. They're all a bad guy. The bad guy. Absolutely not. So, I mean, all we know is that he sent Colin Farrell, a good guy, to go beat up some reporter and get some files so that way he can't write about his his business. I was a little unclear on that plot point altogether. Well, that was going to mess up his business if that guy guy put the article out in the newspaper it was going to mess with my understanding though and maybe you can clear this up for me it was an eight-part series about uh, crime in this crime-filled city but i thought somebody told vince vaughn don't worry you're not implicated in any of this here and his response is well if i'm the only one not implicated that means all the other bad guys are going to come after me because they'll, they'll think i'm the one behind the story did i completely like botch that plot point or I think so. wasn't there a part where they said uh you know that guy said something about he wouldn't be implicated it's like we're all implicated yeah yeah, yeah, and this, I guess, what I didn't quite understand the plot point. It was a little unclear to well, me. Well, I think that some of this, I think that's the nature of this show, too, is they put things out there where you don't fully maybe understand them until a couple episodes later. I am, and I'm firmly behind this show. I'm going to say right now, I mean, I have, like I said, heard some mixed stuff about it, people not so high on it, people, uh, I, I'm all of a wait-and-see attitude it. right it's now. It's a slow burn right it's now. It's a though. very slow burn. And, and also, things are kind of coming together. We, we're going to see what kind of relationships these guys have when they're together. I'm going to uh, guess they're all bad. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Vince well, Vaughn is the bad guy. Thank you. Our fourth character is John Carter from Disney's John Carter, playing a burned-up motorcycle cop. No, he's the dude from Friday Night Lights. Yeah, he's also the dude from Friday Night Lights and Snakes on a Plane, if we're just going to go through the full IMDb. Samuel Jackson? He is. Yes, it is Samuel L. Jackson is motorcycle cop. Wow, great makeup. And honestly, I don't remember the names of any of these characters. I only remember the actors who either. played them. Uh, Sorry, have, everybody. Well, we'll have to. Well, they introduced a lot of characters, rapid fire, and sort of. And so the whole episode was basically uh, a slice of life from each of their terrible, terrible lives, and just them doing bad things. And then they all come across the same corpse at the same time, 
at the very end of the episode. It's the guy they've all been looking for all episode long. Mm -hmm. It's the case. Because True Detective rotates around a case, right? But can we talk about this? Dude was Yes, yes, we can, Brent. We're on the show. Dude was sitting out there like a weird corpse from Borderlands. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. (laughs) I was expecting that Johnny Depp-inspired character to put like a a, a, a speaker in him. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, hello. You'll be my friend, right? I was I was sitting there going, it's wait, funny. is this Borderlands? It is. You know what? Otherwise, how is this dude just sitting there right off the road dead and no one noticed for days? Well, it's PCH. That's where Bruce Willis lived in what? the uh, Right, but it was, one a, movie. it was a little place with, with tables and stuff, so somebody would have stopped there during one of those days. Well, no, because he was dropped off at nighttime and he was found a couple hours later. It was, it was all at night, so it, the next morning hadn't happened yet. So he, I thought he was missing for like three days, though. He was missing, but then the guy dropped him off. He had been killed already, and like all this terrible stuff done to him over like the two, I think it was two days, and then he was dropped off that night at the picnic area, and then motorcycle cop John Carter uh, stumbled upon him on some sort of suicide, no-helmeted, 100-mile-per-hour motorcycle, I'm-turning-off-my-lights-like death mission mm-hmm. that he was on, and then just lost his nerve, pulled over there, and just happened upon this corpse that completely projects the plot forward. Interesting. Well, I'm sure we'll have more clarity in the years, the weeks to come. I really believe, like, this whole episode, I honestly thought, I mean, I think there was a little bit of clunkiness to it, especially, like, in the middle of it. But that that being said, all they're trying to do right now is introduce these characters. There's double the characters to keep track of from previous True Detective, right? We've gone from two people we got to fully get to four. We've got a case now. And I th- I really do believe that this show's going to start but ramping I, up. It just it also, took a while to get going. I also thought that someone had told me that this one wasn't going to deal with, like, two different time periods. But they did show... Them going back. They absolutely did because you had clean cut Colin Farrell uh, first stooging out. uh, Because when they said earlier on, they were just like, and was the man who attacked your wife? Uh, was was he ever uh, brought to justice? No, he was never found again. And then we we flash back. (laughs) We flash back to oh, I see why he was never found again. Because Vince Vaughn gave him his home address, Mm -hmm. and I think that that will pay off as it goes on. But I think they're going to be doing a heck of a lot less flashing back because like half of True Detective, if not the first like six episodes of the eight episode arc, were all a flashback. Where the heck is the dude from Dazed and Confused? And uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, and the other dude, the, the natural born the, killer. Natural born killer. No, he was in that bowling movie. Oh, oh, from Kingpin. Yeah, where are those two guys? Where is Munson? Yeah, where's the Munson and the all right, all right, all right guy? Maybe they'll make an appearance. I bet they'll be. They'll start being in next week. There you go. You know, yeah, yeah let's make six characters to worry about here. <laughs> also, um, that was set in New I Orleans, actually, and this is set in Los I, Angeles. I really liked the setup of the mo- motorcycle cop guy. I liked the setup of the of the of Rachel McAdams' character. Uh, I actually liked the setup of all the characters. I I don't have a problem with kind of dislikable characters. Some people don't like to watch shows with dislikable characters. I just need one. Give me one likable, give me one person who I can kind of identify with in the show because even I was actually starting to identify a little bit with Colin Farrell even though he's a dirty alcoholic cop yeah. and who probably murdered this dude who, you know, uh, did stuff to his like wife back in the day. However, he gets to that moment where he, he's he's just trying to keep a grip on it and he's trying to bring some camping equipment to his son. He bought him those nice shoes that then got cut up by that bully. Yeah. But then his response to this kid was grab him really rough, calling him a fat P5, yeah. a terrible word that you don't call your kid, and then immediately left and beat up the bully's father in front of him. I'm sort of just like, man, I was starting to understand like he was a character who had a very light tether to reality anymore and a light tether to a, a good life, and he was doing whatever he could to just grasp the earth before flying off of it. 
and then all, and then he just does up a whole bunch of crap in a row that hurts the people around him that he the only people he cares about, and then hurts a bunch of random people, which in theory should like hurt his career because he identified and showed his badge or whatever as a police officer, didn't he? Well, the guy obviously has anger issues, right? So he's not able to control them. Yes. Okay. But that was well, premeditated stuff right there. He knocked at the front door and said, hey, can uh, you please go get your dad? Well, I don't – look, you could look at it either way. I could say he, he might have been just, like, going to give him a talking to, and then he, the built rage just built up. He, and he pulled out been, the brass knuckles before the father answered the door. He knew what he was going to do. Doesn't mean he was going to use them. He could have threatened him with them. That 100% means he was. He knew exactly what he, he – you're going to say right now that was not premeditated. He could have threatened him with the brass knuckles. He did threaten him with the brass knuckles. Okay. And then punched him repeatedly right. with them. So he could have threatened him and stopped right there, but his anger got in, in, in charge. I think and, uh, uh, you're just totally wrong on this point. Well, okay. Well, I guess we'll prove it by be going inside the guy's brain. I mean, how would you prove it? I'm saying it could have been one of two ways. Your way is not 100% the correct way. My way is not 100% the correct um, way. I'd say my way is 99.9% the correct way. I would say way. your way is uh, 20% correct, and mine's probably 80%. You are on the crack pipe Do right we now. not know that he has anger problems? He seems to, yes. Okay. He's, then... just got, he's, just got, he's just out of control. Okay. He's, he's out an out-of-control out of character. All right. If he's out of control, then he might not be able to control. So maybe he doesn't have control. He didn't pre-plan it. He just doesn't have control. Uh, I would say with the calmness that he, an- that he answered the door, or was that he the was door, using... and then immediately put on, calmly put on brass knuckles. He was using his breathing techniques right he was yeah That's and then enough. they didn't work well i will say right now i am excited for episode two yeah Definitely. I mean, uh, I definitely think this is a thing that's going to ramp up, and that I think there's a lot, just a lot of hipsters out there who want to compare it to the first season, even though it's a completely different thing and a completely separate entity. And I wouldn't rule out the notion that Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey might show up at some point in a small role, only because mm-hmm. they're both executive producers of the show. I would say there's a zero percent chance that either one of them show up. It's I say a different story. I say two percent. Aren't they in? Uh, where are they? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. We know this because we watched the 101 freeway well, where, at Barheim. Where, where was the other one? New Orleans. New Orleans. Okay. Pretty far away. Pretty far away. Oh, you're telling Oh, I'm sorry. Have people that have been in New Orleans never been in Los Angeles and vice versa before? Saying, it's a, Is there a wall built that the, separates oh, them? Oh, so you're saying there's going to be a wink, wink cameo? I mean, that just sounds stupid. Why would they do that? Unless they're just going to kill off, kill off Russ Cole. No, why would have Vince Vaughn kill so Russ Cole. Have a whole season where we, we care about these characters and then kill them off in some trivial scene in this other season? Why not? Shock value. Now who's now who's 99% wrong? Probably me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see that you admitted before you were 99% wrong, though, no, so thank you. I wasn't. In any case, we're going to come back, wrap up the show. True Detective, man, we're on it, and maybe we'll get Riley back in the studio one of these times. Maybe, if he didn't hate you so much. I'm a pretty hateable guy, Brent. Mm-hmm. You're an antagonist. That is a fact. And we'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of The Allman Brothers Band. Did you watch the Women's World Cup yesterday? I saw the highlights of it. Two nothing. It seemed like we had two penalty kicks in that game. So, I mean, like. Well, we missed one of them. And we missed one of them. Yeah. Colombia though they, they were talking a lot of smack though before the game that had to, lady chick Colombia had to play her the name last, was lady yeah they had to play, uh, they had to play the last forty five minutes with ten people yeah they got a person red carded and ejected from the game like two seconds into the game yeah they, they that the referee was terrible on both sides because we had two players on yellow cards and he gave them both they both gave them both the yellow card on very like iffy like usually you're kind of lenient on like well i know this person's already on a yellow card i'm not going to unless it's blatant and it's it's not just that we're refs with yellow cards typically 
Um, you get a yellow card after you've done a couple of dirty things already in the game. They let it build up. You're always allowed like one or two, but as soon as you kind of go a little bit too far, that's when right, the yellow card comes Right, but there weren't any out. other things. Right, that that's have been my done. point. But I, I also think I'm like, you kick a Colombian player out of the game in, a, in, a, in an elimination game, and you allow two penalty shots to the U.S. I mean, I'm not going to say it was shady refereeing, but that's bad refereeing as far as I'm concerned. Well, those were both pretty. I mean, they got tackled in the box. That's a penalty kick. I thought one of I thought the first one was completely justified. I thought the second one was a bit more of a flop. That's that was what I saw. Well, that's what I thought. But you know, we got our second yellow card on Rapino on a flop too. Like. Yes. It's almost like they flop a lot in soccer. Yeah, it's almost like they don't get fouled and yet still act like they did. It's weird. So that's U.S. Women's World Cup. Feel the fever. Yeah. They made the round of eight, though. That was the round of 16, right? And now they're in the round, now of, in the round eight. of eight. They're going to play Friday again. They're playing China? China. Yeah. And they're going to beat China. They Not beat... the country, just the 11 players on their team. Well, it would be tough if you had to go through all billion. Oh, man. We would lose. I think they might win still. 50-50 shot. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a 96 or 95% chance to beat China. So, I mean, nobody's really, expect... nobody's really expecting them to have a problem in any of these games, are they? Well, like the U.S. Women's World Cup is kind of the only good team out there. I mean, there are, there are okay teams, but they're the only great well, team. There's France. They're a good team. I mean, look, we're not scoring any goals. One of the, we scored two, and one of them was a penalty kick. We scored two the game before that, though. We scored zero the one before that. We scored three, uh, zero, one, and two. So we've scored six goals in four games. That's for soccer, though, that's not terrible. For women's soccer, most of the women's soccer, you score seven, eight goals if you're very good. That's true. Three, four. Yeah. I mean, well, it's not even about that. It's about like they look a little. They they just don't look in sync on offense. They're not. The, most of their opportunities they're getting are on set pieces. They're not. The report I heard coming out was that they're playing extremely tentatively. Like they're playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. I don't think that's it. I think that the, on defense they look great. On offense they just Well, they're not letting in any goals either. Yeah, that's true. So, but that, that's not even the big story right now. Women's World Cup a big deal. The big story we want to talk about Terrell Pryor. This cut. is the big story. You're this is to, it. that's how you're going to frame it as the big story. This is the big story of the week. Terrell Pryor cut by the Cincinnati Bengals after being cut by the Chiefs. After being cut by the Chiefs and the Raiders. After being cut by the Raiders. Oof. And uh, I guess he's done with football, Brent. I guess that's it for Ohio State Pride, Terrell His Pryor. His career is over. We know that because he has now been signed by... The Cleveland Browns! Yeah. To come into the backfield, the clown car that is the Browns quarterback <laughs> selection. How funny would it be, though, if he if he beat out Johnny Manziel? <laughs> if he beat out Johnny Manziel as the backup? Yeah. Zero percent chance that will happen, no, uh, no matter how bad Johnny looks. I don't know. They owe him too much money. They don't have that much money. He's a he's on those new rookie contracts. They're not that much money. It's it's enough that you don't just want to cut him after one year. Yeah, but Terrell Pryor's not my Terrell Pryor's not making anything. He'd so be making he the could, major league minimum. Yeah, major league minimum. <laughs> That's what he'd be making. Um, and you could c- cut Manziel and just give him like you know what what you owe him. I can't. I just can't believe if the front office cuts Manziel after one year, they may as well just like sign their own so pink Johnny slips Manziel at the same time. Goes into a club baller style and beats up a dude. That dude on cut? Ballers, okay, let me say right now, that dude on Ballers deserved to get punched in the face. He was being a real tool bag and, and being very aggressive. Oh, for sure. But, but you got to be smart. You got to be smart. You got to walk away. At the end of the day, he's him and I'm me. Yeah. And I'm better than that. Yeah. Just, well, he wasn't better than that, but. No, yeah. he's a mess up. Yeah. A poop up, as they would say. But uh, yeah, so how do you feel about Terrell Pryor now joining the Browns backfield? Here's my two questions I have Is he still going to be uh, on the team uh, the day of the first preseason game? Just the first preseason game. Is he going to be on the roster? And will he be a quarterback? <laughs> he will not be a quarterback. I think he's his agent was telling people that he wanted to be a wide receiver now. Well, he's been saying he wanted to be a quarterback all over. That's why he keeps getting cut. Yeah. 
It's like Tim Tebow. He gets signed in place and says he wants to be a quarterback, and they're like, you're really a fullback. And he goes, no, I'm a quarterback. They say, well, you're actually unemployed. Goodbye. Says Terrell Pryor moves to receiver, upsets Bengals. So he moved to receiver while he was at the Bengals. Well, no, because they cut him, and then I think that the, the story is that he's moving to receiver now that he's signed with the Browns. And that's what's upsetting the Bengals is he wouldn't be willing to do it for them, but he's willing to do it for the Browns. Oh, this article, this article headline is just wrong. Terrell Pryor upsets, should say, upsets Bengals, moves to receiver, picked up by Browns. That's what it should say. Bad it's job. all in how you frame it. Bad job, Cincinnati Inquirer. Bad job, shut down corner. Shut down corner. Bad job, you. You just got schooled. But um, So Terrell Pryor is definitely going to be starting quarterback week one, right? Oh, man. Be compared to, that would be amazing. Compared to Josh McCown and uh, Johnny Menzel. Well, he's not going to be a quarterback, right? He's going to be a wide receiver. Do you think he can make – I don't think he can make the team as a wide receiver. I think he could make the team as well, the third quarterback, maybe. They signed Miles Austin. Josh Gordon will not play this year. What? What did he ever do that was so wrong? A lot of drugs. Oh. Openly. Oh. Uh, they signed Again? Miles. They signed your boy, Dwayne Bowe. They signed Miles Austin. Yeah. So they're going to need somebody fast. Is Terrell Pryor fast? He's fast. They got some hulking, muscular guys now. He's but fast-ish. I don't know. Good luck, Terrell Pryor. Yeah. It would really upset me if your pro career amounted to absolutely nothing. Yeah. Boy, and amounted to absolutely nothing with the Cleveland Browns. That would just be double pain for me. He's back in Ohio. Right back where we belong. And that's our episode of Race and Brent, everybody. Episode 99 ends with a bad song by Ray and a bad job by Shutdown Corner. Correct. Bad jobs all around. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for checking us out on iTunes. If you want, go on there, give us a five-star review. Say a little thing in the box. I just want that. I keep asking for it every single week. Honestly to God, if you're listening to me at this point of the show, just go do it. My goodness, we can't be anything without the help of the peoples. And if you made it this far, you're one of the peoples that should be trying to help us. Am I right, Brent? Correct. Also, you can listen to us on Stitcher Radio, add us to your playlist. We really appreciate that a lot because we know a lot of people listen to us that way. It's time now for a little bit of contact information. Are you ready for that, Brent? All kinds of podcasts give contact information. Yeah, all kinds don't also. No, they pretty much all do. Like, if they're listening to us, they already know how to get on us. No, they don't. That's the whole point. People, How listen- are they listening to us, then? People find podcasts at random, check out an episode, and then they might want to contact it and get more involved. Mm. That happens. Incorrect. In any case, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. I don't have a Twitter account. Brent closed his Twitter account, apparently. Or you can tweet at the show at Ray Brent Podcast. Email the show RayBrentPodcast at gmail.com. Mm, I shut that down, too. Okay. Facebook.com slash Podcast. Mm, that's, that's still up, up. maybe. Okay. Yeah. And RayBrentPodcast.com, our main website. No, that's that's down. I run that. I know it is still up. Well, I'm going to get it down tonight. Oh, my gracious. Oh, we got a lot of people want to thank. we got to thank our producer, David Knoll. Yep. got to thank Jordan Monsell for designing the logo. Good night, everybody. we got to thank Jeremy Buck in the bag and the train wrecks. Yeah. And Brent, you have nobody to thank at all. Nope. So let's just get out of here. All right. See ya. You're going to have to drag me. Out in chains, you're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You always get what you wanted.